I'm Jared Bratt, and I'm the uh, co-director, co-writer, and actor and streamer. Of the film? Of Streamer is okay. the uh, film title. Thank you. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about the film? Yeah, it's uh, basically um, you follow a uh, lonely 20-something um, as he gets obsessed with this online webcam girl. And um, and then he discovers that this webcam girl actually lives in his building. And uh, things go from there. Okay. So I know that you're co-directing. And who's your co-director? What's co My co-director is uh, Vincent Pun. And uh, he is also the film's uh, director of photography. Oh, nice. So, yeah, no, he, he shot everything. And... Uh, I think uh, he has a very cinematic eye, mm -hmm. and um, so when you're talking about things like framing and and uh, composition, there's a lot of trust. And we've already we've done some other stuff together, so uh, there's a nice kind of shorthand in that trust. Mm -hmm. So if I'm gonna act in something that's uh, emotionally um, requires some sort of uh, investment, it's great to. Uh, feel like well the guy behind the camera don't even have to worry about that because mm -hmm. I'm trying to like divorce myself from all of that and just do the acting thing right um, did you both write remind me yeah we both wrote it um, and uh, like it's based from a short film mm -hmm. of the same title that I actually had at Blood in the Snow in 2013 mm -hmm. and Vincent uh, it's basically how I met him he shot that short and then somewhere in 2014, he called me up and asked me what I thought about, A, doing the feature of Streamer, because the concept is contained and practical enough that it could be done, kind of, on this low-budget level. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he was like, and what would you think about uh, co-directing it? And uh, like I wasn't doing anything at that point, so mm -hmm. I was just living with the short kind of submitting. So I thought, if anything, it was something worth it. Let's see what we come up with on the script. Right. See what happens from there. What's that process like? Um, going from writing to directing, and well, for yourself is, and starring. Uh, like what was our process, or mm -hmm. how did it actually come about? Um, I know for the script, we really just made like a beat sheet of things. Mm -hmm. uh, this happens. This happens. This happens. But then we had like fifty versions of that script. Right. Then we put it down because we were also dealing with looking for funding and a producer who didn't see eye to eye with what we wanted to do mm -hmm. then we started to develop something else then we came back to this and at that point we were so frustrated that I think we, ch active, we actively decided to rewrite the script as we shot which is not to say we didn't know what we were doing but like we had a clear template of where we're going to end up okay. but uh, you know we're going to write two scenes at a time we're going to shoot those two scenes then we know we're filming the week after or the second week after, figure out what those next two scenes will be. And uh, it was almost a really w good way to kind of keep track of what you can really do and what you should just strip out. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, that was the writing process. And then uh, acting in it for myself was just a matter of um, <laughs> we screen tested the actress, Tanya Lee. Yeah. We were still meeting with people for the guy's role. Yeah. And if I didn't jump into it, we could potentially still be meeting with people. There's so much talent. Of course. But uh, I try to give Tanya something to feed off of in the uh, audition. Mm -hmm. And then I think we all felt like there was something there, like a dynamic that could work. 
And then I start to think that uh, if I was to jump into the role, Tanya lives five minutes away from me, as it turns out. But uh, if I stepped into the role, how efficient, you know, it's like, wow, okay, a lot of the location is my place. We don't, if we're, it's only like really two lead actors, so like if I'm in it, we don't even have to deal with sending emails and call sheets to me. And uh, it seemed like, and she lives five minutes away, it's like, how many more like, signs how you know how many more like hits over the head do you like do you get it do you see what you have to do here Mm -hmm. connect the dots so it seemed like the only thing holding me back uh from not doing it is fear Mm -hmm. so i tried to just get over that and uh, i'm like do you want to make a movie or do you not want to make a movie had you done some acting before yeah like i've been uh nothing as serious as this but i have Mm -hmm. been going on commercial auditions since 2001 Really, just a lot of background work, mm-hmm. and then when I was in film school, acting in other people's shorts. So I think also that had to be there. It didn't have to be there, but I would, I would be lying if I said there wasn't like a deep-seated desire. Mm-hmm. But I also initially wanted to get into it just to make myself a better director, because I always feel like uh, growing up and when I was younger, I was very shy, and I still am, but like even more so then. And I wouldn't talk, like, not even to, like, family members. And I felt like communication was something, like, uh, when I was younger or whatever, I had to work on. Mm -hmm. So, like, trying the acting thing, I felt like could make me a better filmmaker or director when the the whole dynamic is communication with your actors. Right. And then one thing leads to the other and leads to the other, and now this happens. That's good. Congrats. It's a nice feature. Um, I'm coming at it from a woman's perspective, so it's sort of an interesting... I'm not giving any spoilers away. No. But um, it's an interesting dynamic where you end up in sort of a friend zone in a relationship. Um, How much... How did... In the process of making the film or writing the film, did you know how it's going to lead and how it's going to end without... Uh, Like, was the ending kind of set in stone? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, we had uh, well, even in like the fifty or so drafts, we had various endings. Mm-hmm. Well, really, two that we kind of like. No, this works. No, this works. No, this this works. <clears throat> One ending we had was kind of like a cool epilogue where like we uh, like you brought up like the nature of of man, woman, the sexes. Mm-hmm. We like. We show that your main protagonist uh, gets into an elevator and there's a girl there who we've never met. Just a random girl in the building. We're just meeting right at the end. And uh, the go- our protagonist walks out of the elevator. We stay with this girl and she goes to her room and like looks out of her window towards the guy's building to say, like, hey, like, there's somebody in the building with also like this desire and longing. And it- now we're shifting sexes. But this is how, like, it applies to everybody, and this, mm-hmm. this is that. We had another ending that tied to something that was very meta, where we referenced the short film within the feature, and it kind of dabbled in this whole, like, idea. It was all a dream, and that felt like a cop-out. Even if it doesn't... Even if it wasn't literally somebody being like, it's all a dream, it felt too... It felt too messy, mm-hmm. and it felt like a cop-out. So the idea that it, we end darker... And you know, uh, you know, a murder kind of happening felt tighter and it felt bolder. Right. 
Um, I did have that thought for a second when I was watching that I it would be like a dream. Yeah. And I'm glad it wasn't that way. I'm it was just the way that the story was flowing. I didn't want it to sort of, oh, wait, he's just waking up and it's not really yeah. what I thought it was. No, well, that was it. Like, we were going to say that because um, now we do it like uh, very sparingly that certain scenes you realize oh it was in his head mm-hmm. and I still think there's interpretation for like, like the final private cam session and he's like yeah spend some time with uh, this girl and then you see all the like the montage flashbacks mm-hmm. you could kind of interpret that all that time he spent with her didn't happen mm-hmm. like it's just like idealized glorified wishful thinking mm-hmm. But uh, the real, like, cop-out was going to be that, like, every single scene where they spent time together was all in his head. And that just felt too uh, too easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, have you... What's next with the film? I know it's going to play tonight here at the festival. Well, um, what are your plans? Um, well, tonight's the world premiere, mm-hmm. so... And in terms of sound mix... And me and sound mix really that really ended like two weeks ago okay. or so. So we really were up and running this, working on this up until the wire. And um, that is to say that it's so. This is all still very uh, fresh. Mm-hmm. That it's almost like I don't even know what's next. But I know ideally we'd like hopefully can get it into more festivals and. Uh, and hopefully then that leads to another project and I know as a team between Vincent and myself we have what we know what that next project would be mm-hmm. if we had to go with something that's on the page personally I've got a short I'd like to do and some other ideas but um, look if there's one thing I've learned from this whole experience is uh, I never planned to do a feature of the short I never planned to act in it uh, so I know that it's hard to really know what's going to happen next. And I know um, you hear it a lot where it's like, always have multiple things on the go, so if one thing falls out, you just go to the other thing that's there. So I'm just willing to see where we can get with this feature and see what happens next. Okay. Sounds like a good plan. Do you, um, do you think you'll also continue doing the dual role of acting and maybe directing? I uh, I thought like I really thought no because mm-hmm. again there is that idea of necessity for this right. and uh, but yeah I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't uh, like to play um, I like the intensity of uh, of this role it's very vulnerable I think and the guy's such a maybe you could say weak character I would love to do something intense, but uh, more like Christian Slater and True Romance. <laughs> like, just, um, well, I love action movies and crime movies, but, like, yeah, I wouldn't mind, like, doing another intense thing, but just the slight variation of... Here's one thing I'll just say. Playing, uh, playing this role, mm-hmm. going into it, I thought... Um, I was like, well... If I could just come across like myself on camera, then I'm safe. Because if somebody watches that who knows me, like a friend or something, and they're like, "Oh, that's just Jared being Jared," well, at least the believability is there. Like, there's no difference, but separation between performing and as they know me. Mm-hmm. When we start to actually shoot, I realized how no, I can't do that. 
because uh, this character is not like there's no witty banter and all this stuff there is sometimes but uh, I realized it started to f that's when it like freaked me out because I realized I felt like I had to suppress everything and then I was like worrying about wait so I can't smile like I can never smile and then uh, <laughs> is yeah so it, was, it became like a lot of like holding back and restraint like just restraining myself always she's the talker I'm not so um I would like to do something now that if I was to do act again, maybe the opposite of that. Yeah. Not be such a kind of suppressed thing. Because mm -hmm. I really felt at a certain point, like, I don't know, like, I was going to explode. <laughs> Just from always holding back. Right. Which I guess helped for that bathroom climax, you know, mm -hmm. like, that was my chance to explode. Yeah, for sure. Did you, um, did the characters, uh, well, the main character, was he an amalgamation of ideas or people that you've heard about, read about? There is a... Uh, I don't know, it's weird because uh, I'll just say, yes, it comes from um, uh, the Elliot Roger loosely based on that Elliot Roger killer who left like a con video confession in his car. His whole YouTube channel still exists, which is really disturbing. And he wrote like an online manifesto. But honestly, most people I mentioned that name to, or we mentioned that name to, he's already yesterday's news, which is great because the guy wanted to leave a legacy and he didn't because nobody remembers his name at all, which is amazing. But that's where at least the opening, the short it was really about mixed signals between uh, a girl and a guy. A guy likes a girl, she's spoken for kind of, she's got a boyfriend, oh, I thought she liked me, oh, the, the heartbreak. Uh, it was really Vincent's kind of pioneering of still working with that, but how do we make add some like some some crucial like levity to all this and make it more interesting? Because I was really advocating for doing all that all over again, like the coming of age, boy meets girl. But Vincent was really pushing for, you know, if you look at this killer, because when we started writing it, that just happened. You see a lot of overlapping themes: loneliness. Mm -hmm the desire for connection, intimacy, all that stuff, which was still there in the short. But now you're just looking at those themes applied to somebody who did an unspeakable crime. But uh, it felt like all of a sudden there, as a character study, there's your unique twist on what we'd already done. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, look, you start the movie on a guy talking to his camera, but he's talking to the audience, and it's a major activity of, you know, recording yourself if you start on a character doing something and this was Vincent's logic was that you're going to at least engage the audience right off the get go because we want to start always with that lonely montage but when you start with somebody doing an actual action I think it just gets you into the story more and engages you with the character more so uh, I fought Vincent on a lot of decisions but it's good that he you know, we both have our convictions, so ultimately everything's a compromise. Mm. Two people. I think it comes across really well balanced in the film. So yeah. it doesn't seem like one theme is more prominent than the other. And um, I don't want to leave her out. What was Tanya? Yeah. Uh, what was it like to work with Tanya? Uh, uh, did you improvise with your scenes when you were working together? Yeah, well, look, so this is, again, my first serious acting experience. Mm -hmm. 
I've tried to act with other people that I just felt intimidated with because they're like, oh, they've been doing it for so long and talking all this actor language. Tanya didn't do that with me. And, uh, and again, feeling that natural compatibility made me comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it's, you could argue that she's got the harder role in a sense because she's really playing three uh, personas. The uh, webcam kind of sexualized, it's her job, she's on the clock. It's all an act. Then you got her off the clock as this real, like, somebody who legitimately wants to be an actor, mm -hmm. and she plays it more intentionally, kind of blander or, like, more grounded. And then she's playing the kind of, like, hallucinogenic internal dialogue slash webcam girl coming to life out of nowhere. So that's really three hats. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Sometimes that stuff only becomes clearer as once you start editing. <laughs> and you're like, here's, you know, here's Tanya's this and Tanya's that. And she really approached this whole project from a, a passion for... She sees this as a story about mental health. And that's, again, you talk about layers and ideas kind of blending together. That's another important thing. And that was her reason for coming on board. So... Um, we also felt a certain need to honor that 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 topic. Sure, there's which, a lot of things in that film that are relatable to to people on different levels. Yeah, they're feeling anxious, they're feeling shy, they're feeling lonely. But also, as a woman, how do you navigate um, the different roles that you're given? Right. So. Well, uh, also a conversation we talked about was like, did we give her enough? Like, it's forget about the male gaze and all that. But like, do we? Uh, does she you're always following the guy subjectively so you can only know her about as much as he knows her and the thing of it is he doesn't know her at all so you're not learning much about her but if she got like a few scenes where you can get some backstory in but I think because you're subjectively following the character and it works in that the audience knows what he knows it works if this was a completely like two-sided deal then somebody would definitely be arguing underdeveloped but I don't think I, I don't agree with that argument for us because you get to experience her as the guy experiences her right. and that's snippets of real detail just mixed into like I see you here I see you there we talked here once mm -hmm. it's all that stuff like oh I had such a relationship with you and no you spent a day in a park and you, you know <laughs> you had a coffee it's like Sometimes people misconstrue what's happening in, in real life yeah. with what they're hoping could happen. Um, before I forget, uh, if people want to find out more about the film, where do they find it online or um, yourselves? Uh, Jared Bratt on Twitter. Um, we do have a film Twitter page that we have to uh, properly engage in now. Mm -hmm. Just search Streamer on Facebook and you'll find our movie page. Awesome. And because this is all so new now, it's like hopefully there'll be stuff to start tracking. So. All right, thanks. Yeah.